and this is the Talkative Laotian podcast. Welcome everyone to the second episode of the Talkative Laotian podcast. I just wanted to take this time to thank everyone who has supported us since the very beginning, not only the first episode, but the startup of the Talkative Laotian account. It just means so much to me that people are taking time out of their day and listening to what we have to say as two very local, small Laotian Americans in this giant world. I know that some of the topics that we talk about or discuss can be a bit heavy um, or even controversial, but it means absolutely everything to me that people are listening and to discussions outside of their comfort zone and listening to different perspectives in order to broaden their view of the world. So again, thank you to everyone who's listening right now, or even if you're not listening, uh, at least following with updates of this account and hopefully we'll grow and be able to do more in the future. So thank you so much. Unfortunately for this episode, I am going solo since my co-host Ali is unable to make it to recording, but it is completely fine. We'll resume regular uh, scheduling and recording by next week. Hopefully next week we'll have very, very deep and meaningful conversations. Um, But for now, I just wanted to take a small break from talking about very, very deep and impactful conversations to doing something a little bit more fun and lighthearted. Today, I wanted to speak a little bit about the Laotian culture of ghosts, myth, and superstitions. As many of you may know, if you are Laotian, if you grew up in a Laotian family, or if you have Laotian friends, Laotian people can be very, very superstitious. Uh, In our culture, we heavily believe or have faith in ghosts, myths, and spirits. that could be accredited to Buddhist, the Buddhist religion, of course. Uh, growing and going to temples, there was a lot of talk about ghosts and spirits in that you have to respect them in certain ways. Of course, growing up and going to temples, it was somewhat of a stressful occasion because there were so many rules that you had to follow and listen to. And if you didn't follow them, you could possibly be Uh, I wouldn't say as heavy as curse, but it's possible. Or you could have bad things happen to you, bad fortune, or you could be deemed disrespectful. Um, Of course, it shouldn't be as stressful as it is, um, but I do appreciate every experience that I had with my culture, even if there's some parts that were very, very scary growing up. But again, I was a kid and these topics and these practices can be a lot to swallow as a young kid. Speaking of superstitions and everything, uh, especially with the temple, one thing that they told us not to do um, at temples is basically don't play around with the spirits and the ghosts. You did have to acknowledge their presence. Whenever you were at the temple, you had to acknowledge their presence by being respectful. And what I mean about acknowledging their presence is that normally at temples, especially Laotian Buddhist temples, there are certain houses dedicated to these spirits, most likely people who have passed away in the community. Growing up, you had to acknowledge that they were there. Um, if you acknowledge that they were there, then you could then bridge over to being more respectful to them. That is usually seen with giving them certain offerings. I can't exactly put my finger on the exact rules. Um, Most of them were, of course, you couldn't 
do certain things that were deemed disrespectful. You couldn't touch certain things um, that weren't yours and were the spirits. So if you were a kid and you're just curious and you were playing around these houses, a lot of times your parents or someone adult um, would come by and scold you saying, you shouldn't do that. You're making the spirits upset or you're making the ghosts upset. Like you shouldn't play around in these areas. They're trying to rest. A lot of things like that. A lot of times these superstitions were told as kids, which is very interesting because I don't think I was told any superstitions at my age right now. I think when I was younger, my parents had much faith in these superstitions and telling me these things would help me behave as a young kid. Of course, uh, some of these superstitions were really, really silly, but I believed them when I was younger. For example, my grandmother would catch me eating while laying down a lot um, when I was a kid. And she would often scold me saying that if I continue eating while laying down, I'm going to turn into a snake because snakes eat while laying down. Of course, they can't help that because they're snakes. But my grandmother would always tell me that. And I even though it's not true, you're not going to turn into a snake because that's not possible. Um, I was always scared of it when younger. And of course, I listened. Of course, that superstition was based off the idea of if you eat while laying down, you will choke. So it's basically your parents telling you how to stay safe in a fun way that you remember. It gives you a reason to not do certain things. Another thing was um, when we were younger and my cousins would come over, we would often play hide and go seek at night or play some other tag game at night or in the dark. And one thing that was um, common was doing things at night meant bad fortune or bad luck because that was time for the spirits um you weren't allowed to play hide and go seek at night or else the spirits would come play with you and i was often told that when i was younger and it scared me to death basically uh, i would be playing hide and go seeks um i would often be playing hide and go seek with my cousins and my parents would come down telling us not to do it or else the ghosts will come play with you or if the ghost sees you playing, they'll join you. Um, of course, as kids, we were terrified of ghosts. We were scared of what they'll be able to do. And actually, like even at this age, I'm still terrified of ghosts. I do believe that there are spirits um, lurking around the world. It's just spiritually and religiously, I know they exist. They probably uh, aren't as scary as they were when I was younger because I'm a lot more careful. Um, but my parents often use them as scare tactics to prevent us from doing, uh, from prevent us from misbehaving, basically. So playing hide and go seek at night often meant that ghosts were going to come play with you. Another one that I heard that also includes the time of like nighttime was if I whistle at night, I am basically calling out to spirits which is kind of scary because i mean i don't often whistle at night but if you do it makes sense um so whenever i like my parents catch me whistling at night when i was a kid just because they would like tell me stuff that you're basically calling out to the spirits and of course i like i never whistle at night anymore just because it's also very creepy whistling at night just because it's like it's a weird ambiance um a lot of times it's played in horror movies as like the whistling could be like this eerie sound that is heard before like a ghost gets you. So uh, that's a very interesting 
thing told when we were younger. One thing that I still do now, which is probably not a good thing, um, that I heard actually recently by my friend's mom is that you're not supposed to cut your hair at night. If you cut your hair at night, or I think another one was on your birthday, or there's even one that was said that if you cut your hair on Wednesdays, um, it could mean bad fortune in your future. I think some of these things were actually kind of silly. Like if you cut your hair at night or on your birthday or on Wednesday, you won't get a spouse when you're older, um, which I think is. I don't exactly know what the background behind these uh, superstitions for like haircutting. I know that with haircutting, a lot of it has to do like with certain days of the week or certain times of the day or even like days of the year. Um, but they can often mean like, you know, you could not have a spouse when you get older or you could have bad luck because you cut your hair at night. Uh, I still cut my hair at night sometimes. So I don't listen a lot to some of these superstitions because I know sometimes they can be a little bit silly. I know some of these superstitions can be a bit silly, like cutting your hair at night can bring like bad omen to your future. Um, but some of these things are a little bit more serious. I guess this can go into a more personal account. One thing that I was told when growing up was whenever you go to funerals, you aren't allowed to bring anything from those funerals with you when you leave. Um, it's probably due to the spirits of the person who passed away, uh, the attachment they have to certain things that happen at the funeral. You weren't even allowed to bring food home or even water bottles. My mom would often tell me, like, check me, like, did you did you leave with anything? And I was like, no. And like, did you bring food home or did you bring water or anything home? And I'm like, no. And they're like, good, because if you did, then something bad will happen to you. And I didn't necessarily believe this as much. I thought this was another loud superstition that didn't have anything, um, like any realness behind it. Um, I thought it was more like matters of respect for the spirits, which I still listened to it, but I just didn't know how impactful it was until my mom told me that she had a friend who went to a funeral. The funeral, the host of the funeral didn't have room in their fridge for all the food that people cooked for the funeral. So my mom's friend offered to take some with her. So she loaded it in the van. And as she was leaving, her brakes actually gave out and she was rolling down a hill. So I think that scared me enough to make sure I wasn't taking anything with me home, not even water bottles um, from funerals, just because of the fear that the spirits might be angry that we're taking something with us or the attachment that the spirit has with those certain items. And I think that um, that was enough to prevent me from doing things, uh, from taking food from funerals. But that's an example of how some of these superstitions have real life consequences. I think that, I mean, all of these have real life consequences, but that's actually one of them that I heard that has a pretty direct correlation with the events that occurred after. Um, growing up, my parents always talked about uh, these house spirits or house ghosts. Normally in older houses, especially in houses of like older Laotian generations, you could see um, spirit houses that are built in by certain monks or priests of like the Buddhist temple. 
those houses are normally used to protect the ones that live there and also satisfy the needs of the spirits that were already present before the new occupants moved in. Um, I see a lot of these like spirit houses or they might look like even like Buddhist shrines um, a lot with my grandparents' house and even like restaurants, like local restaurants that are for Laotian people. It often brings like good omen to these restaurants, these businesses, or even to the house to protect the homeowners um, and also to satisfy the spirits to make sure that everything goes well. And of course, if the spirits aren't satisfied, the houses and the restaurants are brought bad fortune. But with house ghosts and spirits in general, Laotian people often believe that every house has one, even if it's not a Laotian household. Uh, Every single house has one. And often my parents would pray for me and my brother whenever we stayed at someone else's houses to make sure that it was okay with the house ghost to stay there. Um, my mom often told me to pray to, even up here in college, I was told to pray to the house ghost within my dorm to make sure that everything goes well and goes smoothly and I'll be protected um, and it is okay to stay in this dorm and I will satisfy or even possibly help like the spirit of my room. One thing that I thought was interesting is whenever we went to go to vacation, let's say in Florida, or we went to like my aunt's house in Connecticut, my mom would pray for us. A lot of times, you know, you would have to pray to the house ghost, tell them or ask them if it's okay if you could stay there. And then, you know, nope three times um, to make sure that it was good and you can seal off the prayer. If we didn't do that, the house ghost or spirit would often become angered. And you could see this manifest. My mom often told me that this manifests when you're sleeping, um, especially when you dream. And if you didn't, or if the house ghost was angered in any sort of way, you would have nightmares. An interesting story that I heard growing up was that we have a house ghost in our house. And the house ghost was often depicted as this tall lady with long black hair that wears a black dress. And I know that is super, super scary. Um, growing up, even that was used as a scare tactic against me and my brother being, if you don't behave, the house ghost will come get you. And of course, we probably behaved after that because that's terrifying. Um, but now that we're older, my brother actually stays in the basement and that's where the spirit resides. But I think I've also come to terms with the fact that the house ghost is here to protect us and it's not necessarily here to harm us or scare us away. One story that I heard growing up is when my uncle or my other family members would come to visit, they would often sleep in the basement where this ghost or spirit lives. And if they didn't pray to the spirit asking if they could live there or if the spirit just didn't agree overall with their presence, they would often dream of her. And every single year, it would always be the same uncle that said they dreamt of the lady in black with long black hair and a long black dress that would come to him in his sleep and often scare him or there would be some type of nightmare that, of course, was not good. Um, I'm not sure if it happened recently because they did visit over like Thanksgiving break. But if it has... 
That is super, super scary. I just think that um, it is quite unpredictable sometimes. I do believe that he does pray. Um, but of course, the spirit doesn't always have to agree with your presence. I think it's kind of scary how he has the same image of the same woman every single time he stays over. And it's often the lady in black. My brother does stay in the basement. Um, he sleeps there because that's where his room is now. And my mom was scared because she thought that the lady in black would come to haunt him in his sleep. So she was terrified that of him, like, you know, sleeping down there. And she wanted him to move upstairs where all the rest of us live. But my brother said that he thinks the lady in black will actually be there to protect him because he hasn't got any nightmares except for good dreams. Um, and that he has been blessed with good dreams ever since. Um, so I think that's pretty interesting. But I don't think that there's a reason to be scared of this spirit because we are the residents of this home and we have been protecting them and also helping them and giving them the things they need. Um, so I think it's like a very like, you know, nice relationship between us and the spirit. As long as they're satisfied, we're satisfied. Um, but I do think it's interesting how other people have dreamt of her and have seen her. Like when a person like a family member, for instance, passes away, they will most likely show up in your dreams. Whether or not that's like a psychological thing that happens, a psychological phenomenon, or if that's a legitimate spiritual um, phenomenon, I think it's just very interesting because personally, I've had that happen a lot. Whenever I had family members pass away, they always come to me in my dreams and tell me something. Um, when my uncle passed away, he came in my dreams to wish me, you know, good prosperity, good health, and make sure that I succeed when I'm older and hope that everything's stable. Um, when my grandmother passed away, she wasn't speaking in my dreams. She was smiling a lot because my most recent memory of her, um, she passed away from breast cancer. So she kind of lost, not necessarily the, in the ability to speak, but she lost the energy to do so. Um, so my most recent memories of my grandmother was, of course, her not being able to speak much. So in my dream, I was able to just communicate with her through emotions um, I saw her smiling a lot. And I think that uh, with that, it gave me a lot of closure knowing that, you know, she was happy and she was finally OK. So I think a lot of times spirits and ghosts can manifest in our dreams and can tell us something that they couldn't tell us in the um, the living realm or the living world. Um, so I think that's actually really, really nice. And it brings a lot of closure to people. I know I said I was going to make this a more lighthearted, less heavy discussion for this podcast, but I do want to talk about something a little bit more serious. With Lao superstitions, there can be real life reper uh, repercussions. For example, think of a time when your parents asked you if you dreamt of any animal. If you dreamt of any animal and they told you, they often hid the reason why. Um, but if you were lucky enough to hear why they told you, or asked you of the animal that you dreamt, it was often because of lake, with it, which is like a Lao lottery system. Numbers are correlated with these animals. If you see this animal in your daily life, or if you dream of this animal, it often signifies that you should choose this number to play in this lottery. Um, or just like this whole gambling process. And I don't want to talk too much about it because it can be a little bit like, you know, on the download, but it does have very serious repercussions. So talking about lake or lottery, 
dreaming about animals, my parents or even my like coworkers or my bosses would often ask me like, oh, what animal did you dream of? Or did you see an animal coming by? And if I told them an animal, they would use that number that I told them and put it into this lake system or play the game. And they would often, you know, win some sort of prize from it, like cash prize or something like that. But yeah, so these numbers are used and played in the system. Not only do these numbers um, help you in this like lake lottery system, these numbers could mean certain things. Like uh, if you see a turtle or if you see a rabbit, you it could mean good luck and so and so. Why is this so damaging to like the Laotian community? Is there entrust in this system in this? superstition that if you believe in these animals you should entrust your money into these numbers that correlate with those animals and play in a legitimate lottery system it is of course like any other addiction um a lot of families have a hard time breaking away from this they can't decipher whether this is their chance at you know true freedom and true monetary relief or just some hobby and i think that this is not only like a laotian thing it's a western thing a lot of times like gambling is a big problem um so that is one way it could be damaging um or have negative consequences with these law superstitions another thing that i really wanted to talk about in this episode that means a whole lot to me is how Laotian people dedicate a lot of their beliefs on superstitions. And again, the definition of superstitions is a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or a false conception of causation. They believe so heavily in the ideas of, you know, cutting your hair at night results in bad luck. Eating while laying down turns you into a snake. Playing hide and go seek at night invites ghosts to play with you, which are, you know, they can be seen as silly or they don't have like heavy repercussions. But when it comes to real issues such as mental health, it is hard to grasp in Laotian culture. Growing up, mental health wasn't seen as a a priority or it wasn't seen as a serious issue uh, that could also be caused to the idea that a lot of Laotian immigrants especially parents think that since they went through the sacrifices and the struggles and they were able to quote-unquote overcome their struggles mental health doesn't exist which is not true just because you don't acknowledge these issues doesn't mean they don't exist if you don't acknowledge these issues they just manifest into other um, like other forms, for example, if you have mental issues or psycho uh, psychological issues of, let's say, let's say, uh, I don't know, anxiety, for example. Yeah, sure, you might not ex acknowledge it and say that you have anxiety, but you're still living with these fears. You kind of push away and say that it's just how things are, when in reality, things could be better if you acknowledge these problems early on. If you don't acknowledge these problems, I wouldn't say like anxiety per se. I would say like, you know, depression, anxiety, anger issues, they manifest into other ways. I know growing up, people who didn't believe in mental health often had trouble 
expressing their emotions when it came to these really pressuring situations because they don't believe in mental health is real and they deemed it as a norm to react in certain ways just because that's how they are. I think it is crazy how much Laotian people believe in superstition, but they don't believe in mental health, which can have serious consequences. One thing I do want to mention or give advice to younger generations who are listening and have struggled with these obstacles of getting help is that there is a chance that you are going to have to take the initiative for yourself and reach out to these counseling appointments or counselors or therapists and try to take hold of your own health. I think it's very, very disappointing and sad that a lot of these younger generations don't have the support they need because their parents don't believe in mental health or they just don't think that it's a serious topic when in reality, mental health is just as important as physical health. Despite the stigma in Laotian communities, it matters, especially in this generation, it matters. So yeah, I know that this podcast has turned kind of in this really dark and heavy uh, route, but I just wanted to reinstate how important mental health is to everyone, not even the younger generations, to every single person who is listening to every single person in the world. It is so, so important to make sure that you are well mentally and physically. So I think that that is a, a strong point to leave off this podcast with. If you're still listening to this podcast and you made it all the way to the end, I just want to thank everyone for listening in and really grasping the concepts that I talk about. And of course, me and my co-host talk about in this podcast as a whole. I hope that it reaches certain viewers and reaches certain parts of the world in order to broaden the concepts or not even concepts, but broaden the discussion of Laotian people and the Laotian American struggles. Again, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And if you made it this far, you guys are awesome and amazing. And I hope you guys stay tuned for next week's episode, which will be with me and Ali. So I'm very excited to be filming that one and look out for more updates. But yeah, thank you guys. And I hope everyone has a nice rest of your week, nice rest of your day and happy Tuesday.